Surprise! Back with another live stream tonight. We're going to be previewing AEW New Japan's huge crossover event, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which the buy-in should be starting in about 9-10 minutes here, so we're late to the game. It occurred to me, after I did the live stream previewing the Nashville SC DC United game that earlier this year, talking about stuff I want to do on the channel this year, I talked about doing more live streams, previewing wrestling pay-per-views, sporting events, things like that, reviewing movies, stuff like that. And then I didn't do any of it. That was like the first live stream I've done all this year that I did yesterday for the Nashville SC game. One three one, by the way, and a lot of things I predicted came true, so I'm pretty good at this. Now, I don't even know if they, anything I predicted came true, because I don't know. I predicted that Akai Lobo probably wouldn't start. I think I got that right. So here we go. We're going to talk about AEW NJPW's Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Huge crossover event, years in the making. It's taken a while for both companies to kind of get on the same page where they felt comfortable being able to run a show together, but it's finally here, and the big story of the event has been 90% of the people you'd want to see are out injured. We've had Omega and Ibushi, two of the biggest guys that would have been on this show. They've both been out injured for a long time. They're not back. Brian Danielson was supposed to have a dream match with Zack Sabre Jr. What's up, Aiden? He's out injured. He's not going to be on the show, but he's got a mystery replacement that he's handpicked to come in and take his spot in that match. We'll see who that is. We'll talk about that later. Uh, CM Punk, obviously, the AEW World Champion is out injured. NJPW's had Ishii and Hiromo Takahashi both pulled from this show within like the last 48 hours. It has been tumultuous to say the least, uh, trying to see this show come together and get the matches we want. But all that means is some of these dream matches that we're not getting tonight will just come somewhere else down the line. So my thoughts on a whole in the show is it looks like top to bottom, every match looks like it's probably going to be great. It's going to be very entertaining. It'll be interesting to see what matches get time, which ones don't. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I mean, it should be great match quality. I don't expect there to be much like storyline, you know, build stuff because you'd expect after this show ends, pretty much the NJPW guys are going back to New Japan. The AEW guys are going back to AEW. I mean, New Japan's got the G1 right around the corner. So all their guys are going to be back in Japan working that. So it doesn't seem like there's an opportunity to build off this and have storylines run out of this other than maybe setting up some stuff for New Japan guys to do with each other when they're done with this show and some AEW stuff to go with that one. I think it's more, this is going to be a big show with a lot of good matches, but not a whole lot of storyline, Not a, but I would still expect that there would be at least a few twists and turns, but let's break down the card. Let's go through it. I got it pulled up here. Let's see. Starting with the buy-in preview show, we've got Gun Club, that's the also known as the Ass Boys. Uh, Billy, Austin, Colton Gunn, and Max Caster. Uh, they're going to be taking on representatives of the New Japan LA Dojo, Alex Coughlin, DKC, Kevin Knight, and Yore Yuramura. Probably just be a fun little quick match. Uh, I have no idea who would win that one. Gun Club. We'll say Gun Club. Factory, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo versus Goto and Yoshihashi. I'm going to say Goto and Yoshihashi win that one because I don't think QT Marshall ever wins matches. Swerve in our glory. Swerve, Strickland, Keith Lee versus Suzuki Gun representatives El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanamaru. I'm going to go with Swerve and Keith Lee. And that one, all they have kind of been building up that eventually it looks like Swerve and Keith Lee are going to split and go against each other. Maybe that happens tonight and Suzuki Gun gets the win. But I'm going to say they stick together on this one. Probably break up somewhere down the line on Dynamite. Because AW usually takes like three years to build their breakup, breakup angles like they did uh, MJF and... Wardlow. It's two guys who just vanished. This, they're, I know they're selling that MJF's fired or suspended or whatever, but Wardlow's lost a ton of steam since getting that big win in the last pay-per-view. MJF would be a big guy to have on this show, but they're having to sell a storyline that he's suspended, gone, quit, whatever. Who knows what's going on there? 
very bizarre, that whole angle, whatever, but that's a side point. All right, so now we're kind of getting into the main show, the main matches here. We got Zack Sabre Jr., as I mentioned earlier. He is taking on a mystery opponent that Daniel Bryan has handpicked that will be the newest member of Daniel Bryan's stable, the Blackpool Combat Club. Let me jump up here real quick. What is the G1? The G1 is a big tournament New Japan does every year. Essentially, it's like closest comparison you'd see in American wrestling is it's kind of how they set up their main event for their biggest show, Wrestle Kingdom. Wait, WWF does the Royal... WWF, I'm so old. WWE does the Royal Rumble. Uh, New Japan does a month-long tournament where it's kind of like almost like a World Cup format where everybody wrestles each other. Whoever has the most points at the end, the two top point getters from the two different brackets, which are doing like four brackets this year, so I'm not sure how exactly it's going to work out. But the top people at the end will wrestle each other at the end. The winner of that gets a shot at the heavyweight championship in their big show, Wrestle Kingdom in January. It's like a month long tournament, tons of matches, tons of good matches. It's pretty cool. It's worth the 10 bucks to pay for a month of New Japan World to get all the matches from that. So sorry, I missed, wasn't really paying attention to the chat, but I just caught up with that there. Back to the Zack Sabre mystery opponent match. I've heard a lot of rumblings, a lot of people that have been suggested as potentially who could be in that match, who could be Daniel Bryan's handpick replacement. The three I've heard the most that make the most sense are Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor World Champion, uh, Johnny Gargano, I can't say his name, Johnny Gargano, former NXT star. He's been out there on the free agency market for a while, hasn't shown up yet. But the big one, and I think the one that is most likely, because it would be kind of the biggest name, the one that had the kind of biggest impact, and the one that has the most history with Brian Danielson is formerly known as Cesaro, formerly known as Claudio Castelloni. I probably just completely messed his name up. It is about drive-out power. That's that rock song, right? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Cesaro, Claudio, whatever he's going to go by now that he's left WWE. That would be my guess is who's going to be in that match. With that being said, if he is there, I would expect him to win. You don't want to debut guy and make a big deal out of him coming in and being a new member of the stable and have him lose right away. But if that's who it is, any of those three guys, they'll have a really, really great match. So, uh, But I would expect it's probably going to be Claudio there. So... Next match, we've got a Bullet Club match where El Fantasmo, the Young Bucks, and Hikaleo will be taking on the Dudes with Attitudes, Darby, Allen, Sting, and Shingo. Now, it looks like they have it listed that Hikaleo is just going to be there. He's no longer in the match because Takahashi was supposed to be, or yeah, Hiromu was supposed to be in this match, and he got taken out because he wasn't able to travel to the States due to fever. Hmm, Young Bucks just won the tag titles. Uh, but they've been pushing Darby Allen and Sting pretty hard. They're about to do a big rivalry match with uh, Fish and O'Reilly whenever O'Reilly's healthy. O'Reilly, that's another injury that came up. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the dudes with attitudes. I think they're going to win this one. The only non-NJPW crossover match we have on the show is Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's World Championship match. Should be a pretty good match, although both those people have had a couple wonky matches in the last few weeks. So Thunder Rosa just recently won the championship at the pay-per-view last month, so I don't see her dropping it this quickly. Although Tony Storm has come in pretty hot since coming over from WWE, but I'm going to give Tony Thunder Rosa the benefit of the doubt. She's going to retain the belt there. Next up, we've got a winner-take-all match for both the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships and the IWGP Tag Team Championships. This is one thing that's very confusing about uh, New Japan. Their titles are all not New Japan championships. They're IWGP championships because it's like an old, long-time-running thing, but whatever. Whoever wins this triple threat tag team match gets both championship sets. You've got FTR, who are the Ring of Honor champions. You've got Gray O'Conn and Jeff Cobb, who are the new IWGP tag team champions. And then you've got Rapongi Vice. 
I think FTR wins this because they've kind of been telling a storyline that they want to go win all the tag team titles around the world. They've got the you know Ring of Honor titles already. They've got the AAA titles. I think this sets up well for them to win these titles here, keep them for a while, maybe go over to Japan, wrestle a few times, and eventually have them have a showdown with the Bucks for the AEW Championship Tag Team Championships. I can't speak English for some reason. I never can, though. But yeah, I'm going to go with FTR winning the tag belts from the United Empire in that one. Then we got one of the most exciting matches. I like popped so hard for this when this match got announced because it's like my favorite guy in AEW, even though like he's just, you know, it's Will Ospreay, United States, IWGP United States champion, Will Ospreay defending against Orange Cassidy. The success of Orange Cassidy is unbelievable. I can't believe what a hit he's been since coming into AEW. Seemed like he was going to be like a one note comedy act, but he's proved a lot of people wrong. He's awesome. But, I'm saying Will Ospreay goes over here. He just won the vacant U.S. title. I expect he's still got a program coming with uh, the former U.S. champion who was stripped of it, whose name has left my brain right now. He was C.J. Parker in NXT, but Juice Robinson. I think we're going to get Juice Robinson and Will Ospreay over in NJBW eventually. So Will Ospreay retains, but it should be a fun, entertaining match nonetheless. The Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, joined by Minoru Suzuki. What a crazy team that's going to be. Against Eddie Kingston, Wheeler, Utah, and Shota Umeino. I probably pronounced that terribly wrong. Tornado Agger. Hey, what's up? I'm going to go with Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki to win this one. I think they're still... This is mainly kind of building up to the big blood and guts match coming up next week on Dynamite. So I think Jericho and his group have to keep getting over. They've they've kept getting one over on Kingston and his guys pretty much throughout the whole rivalry. So... It would only make sense that they win one more time before the big blood and guts match where Kingston finally gets his revenge there. So Then we've got the four-way match for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. This match, I don't know why they added another championship. They've got way too many championships as it is in AEW, especially with them mixing in the Ring of Honor titles on TV now more and more. But I like the way they've set this up where it's kind of an international title. Everybody that competes from it's from a different country. you got Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, Clark, Con- Clark Connors. Um in a four-way match for the first-ever champion of the AEW All-Atlantic Championships. I would guess it's going to be one of the AEW guys, probably Pac or Malachi Black, but it'd be pretty cool to see them put it on Clark Connors, have the belt go back with him to New Japan and kind of be defended outside of AEW. So this would be a cool place to kind of do a twist like that of jumping a belt onto somebody you wouldn't expect. So I think that would be the cool thing. Ishii was supposed to be in this match instead of Clark Connors. I I thought Ishii was going to win it when he was in it, but... That's changed now, but I think it's more likely one of the AEW guys wins it and keeps it in AEW, but I think Clark Connors winning it and taking it back to New Japan with him would be pretty cool, but I'm going to go, I'll say Pac. Malachi Black's had a lot of wins over Pac and his guys recently, so I think Pac gets his revenge and wins the title for the first time. He's a good international talent that would make sense to be the first All-Atlantic champion. Then we got our double main event, Jay White, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, defends in a four-way against the former champion, Kajika Okata, former AEW champion, Hangman Adam Page, and Adam Cole Bebe. I got to say, in this one, this would be, there's so many ways it could go that would be cool. Page winning the uh, winning the New Japan title, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship would be a good like reheat for him after losing the AEW Championship to uh, CM Punk at the last pay per view. But I, I don't see it going that way. I feel like it's probably Jay White pinning Adam Cole to 
retain. That's kind of the least getting anybody's hands dirty. It could have Okada win the title back. I was kind of surprised that he lost the belt to Jay White in the first place, but maybe they put it on Jay White to give Okada the chance to win the championship on the big American show with AEW for the first time. Something like that, a way to kind of coolly introduce him more to the American audience by winning the championship here. So I could see Okada winning it just to get that big moment in front of the American audience, but I think it's more likely Jay White retains probably by pinning Adam Cole. That's kind of the safest finish they can do in that match and so that's what i would see going there hey tornado agar says i am an underrated youtuber i appreciate that tell your friends about me spread the word and then the main event the singles match interim aew world championship john moxley versus hiroshi tanahashi now once again i think it would be very cool if tanahashi won this and he was the interim aew champion and took it back to new japan with him I think that's a lot better of a setup than John Moxley winning it because, like, that would make John Moxley technically the second ever AEW heavyweight champion, but he's not really the champion because it's the interim belt, so it'd be kind of wonky and weird in that way. But I think it's very unlikely that Tanahashi wins because, like I said, G1's coming up. Tanahashi's going to be in the G1. I don't think AEW is going to want their interim world heavyweight champion going over to Japan and losing matches in the G1. Uh, Tanahashi, he's kind of like the John Cena of New Japan. He was their biggest star, you know, 10 years ago, and he's still a very big star, a very big draw for him, but now he more often than not is the guy that's putting over the younger talent, the next generation, kind of helping them get over and start good. Um, So, yeah, I don't see them because Tanahashi has usually lost anywhere from like three to four to five matches in the G1 in recent years. He's, unless they're going to put him in there, have him go on a run in the G1 and kind of heat him up in New Japan as well to kind of get him back in a high level where he has been in the past, I don't see him winning the belt just because I don't think AEW would want him over there losing multiple matches in the G1 tournament, which is coming up just like a few weeks from now. So Moxie makes the most sense. He wins, holds it, keeps the belt till Punk's healthy and they can do a rematch or first ever match for uniting the two titles, interim AEW championship and CM Punk's main AEW championship. So that would be, uh, my guess there is Moxley goes over and he's the interim champion until Punk comes back and they fight to unite it. So it should be a good show. I definitely recommend you buy it if you have not decided to buy it yet. All the matches should be very good. should be very entertaining. And there might be a few twists and turns and surprises still. I think it's going to be more of a, I don't want to say house show. House show feels like too down on it. But I feel like it's going to be like they're going to have good matches. But it's mostly going to be all the results and finishes you would expect. But I'm about to tune in to the buy-in here once I get off the live stream. So if you're checking it out, follow along on Twitter. I'll probably throw out some live tweets as the show goes along. But that's it for me here now. Ending the stream to go watch AEW New Japan Forbidden Door live on pay-per-view. Hopefully Bleacher Report doesn't crap out like it has several times. Let me know if you're watching. Follow along. We'll see what happens. End of stream.